you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host. Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by and spending time with us, being part of the lively, jovial, interesting brain building. Brain building? Is that a thing? I don't know. It is now. Damn it. Because I just did a poetic license, as uh, I think what I can get away with there. But uh, that's the great thing about the Chris Foss Show. It makes you so smart and brain builds, and there's so much intelligence that goes on. Uh, you're just going to be blown away. And you walk around, and people will be like, holy crap, how did you get to be so brilliant? And you're going to be like, I listen to the Chris Foss Show. That's pretty brilliant. Uh, we had an interesting thing that went down today. Uh, the SCOTUS uh, shot down, uh, I believe, affirmative action at colleges. Uh, so some interesting SCOTUS ruling. Yesterday, we had Michael Waldman of the Brennan Center, um, named after one of the famous judges in the 60s and 70s, uh, was on the show uh, promoting his book, The Supermajority, How the Supreme Court Divided America. Uh, so you may want to check that out because there are some interesting things happening on that front. Uh, and watch for our upcoming interview with uh, CNN's Jake Tapper on the show. We, of course, always have the most amazing authors and we don't allow anybody who's not amazing on the show so it's only amazing authors except for me of course i just have a book or two uh and uh, she is out with her latest her latest book and it, these, these are hot books i mean these sell a lot uh novels they always do well uh she is the author of harlem after midnight a canary club mystery comes out august 29th 2023 and she's a multi-book author louise Hare is on the show with us today she'll be talking to us about her latest hottest book and uh i guess everyone just loves this thing they bought a ton of the last ones and so uh, she's up again on deck uh she is a london-based writer and has an ma in creative writing from birkbeck university of london originally from warrington the capital is the inspiration for much of her work, including this lovely city, which began life after a trip into the deep level shelter below Clapham Common. This lovely city was featured on the inaugural BBC Two TV book club show Between the Covers and has received multiple accolades securing Louise's place as an author to watch. Welcome to the show, Louise. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. <laughs> and it's wonderful to have you as well. Congratulations uh, on the new book. And uh, give us a .com or social media, wherever you want people maybe to follow you on the interwebs. Yeah, so I have my website, which is just louisehair.com. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Lou R. Hair. There you go. And we got you coming to us from across the pond, as they like to say. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And do people start saying God save the queen over there or, or king over there? Or do people just not care? It's, it's sort of confusing. I haven't been in a position where I've needed to sing the anthem since the queen died. But I think the first time I do, like the first time I go to like a sports event or something, it's going to be a little bit confusing. <laughs> do they change the lyrics? Do you have to do you have to say God save the queen or king? Yeah. I mean, I'm so used to saying it. Yes. It should be yeah. easy, but, you know, 
like she was queen for a long time. Yeah. God save the queen for decades to change yeah. it. Suddenly you're like, oh. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, and plus, uh, you know, I mean, she seemed like a nice person. I don't know about the new guy, but uh, I guess you guys will work it out over there. It's your guys. I mean, I'm just glad you guys stuck with a prime minister, you know, past a couple of weeks for a change now. So that, that's been working out, I think, pretty good for you guys. Anyway, enough about uh, England, I guess, or London. Uh, tell us uh, what motivated you want to write this latest book. So the latest book, I mean, obviously, it's the, it's the second in a series. So the main motivation is continue the the adventure. Um mm -hmm. So my first book, uh, which is called Miss Aldridge Regrets, is about a, a British woman. She's mixed race, sort of compasses white, and it's a murder mystery set on the Queen Mary. Oh, and wow. At the end of that book, she's in New York. So then you're thinking, okay, what happens to her next? Well, she's in New York. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she's going to go to Harlem. There's people that she meets on the on, in the first book who that's, there's a reason that she goes to Harlem anyway. So I had those characters already built in. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I've always been really fascinated as well with the book Passing by Nella Larson. Hmm. And so I wanted to sort of pay a little bit of um, tribute to that book. Um, so, there's, so people that have read that book will recognize a couple of things in this book that I've included. But it's just like a fun um, murder mystery. And I had a lot of fun sort of researching 1930s New York um, and actually sort of turn of the century New York. Sort of I've got a, some chapters that are set in 1908, which was really interesting. New York changed a lot <laughs> in those sort of 30 years. There you go. An interesting time. Uh, and, and in your first book, uh, she was on the Queen Mary then, Miss mm. Aldridge Regrets, I believe. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Um, Queen Mary. Yeah. <laughs> have, you on, have you been on, on the Queen Mary? No, I, oh. so I, I did email QNOD because I was like, is there any chance of a discount? Cause I, can't really afford it and they they said no <laughs> oh, darn it. it is a beautiful ship i've spent hours there i used to go out with my camera and go jaunting as a photographer and i would spend hours photographing the ship and it's it's an extraordinary beautiful ship that's captured in time it kind of gives you that feel of the titanic um but uh it's beautiful so if you get a chance to go make sure you go see the bar the bar is such uh what it was the art deco whatever mm -hmm. that 1920s you know, sort of look is uh, there's a lot of it in LA, but uh, but it's just a, it's it's such a beautiful ship, and there's a romanticism to it when you walk around it. I've just spent hours. They make a beautiful buffet breakfast too. But uh, Harlem after midnight. Tell us a little bit more about your protagonist. Uh, I believe that's Lena. It is, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, as I said, she's mixed race, but she's sort of spent a lot of her life running away from, I guess, her blackness, like because she can pass mm -hmm. as white. Um, it's sometimes been a lot easier for her. And in London at that time, the black community was very small. So when she's on the ship is the first time she's sort of learning to confront the reality of, of what denying has, her roots has done to her. And then now in this book, she's sort of landing in Harlem, staying with a black family, uh, meeting all these different people and sort of discovering herself. But then obviously there has to be... Um, sort of a murder or slash accident mm -hmm. um, that happens. Like, is it murder? Is it, is it not? Um, for her to sort of investigate, she's not really an investigator, but she's sort of always in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> and people are dying. <laughs> Sounds like my life on Fridays. I don't know what that means, but don't look in my backyard. Uh, so it's more, it's a bit of a thriller, a bit of a mystery sort of novel. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's different, there's mysteries from her past, which is why there's sort of a dual timeline. There's stuff, her father was from New York originally and she's never been. So she's trying to investigate him. She knows there are secrets that she finds out about him in the first book mm. that she's now trying to uncover. But then something happens. I mean, it opens with a woman falling from a building. That's how the book oh. opens. And, you're, and you don't know who the woman is yet um, or what's happened to her or if she's even alive. So that's the sort of start point. Um, and then you sort of go back a couple of weeks to when Lena first arrives. There you go. A body falls from a townhouse window in Harlem. Hi, folks. Here's Foz here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching speaking and training courses website you can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com over there you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements if you'd like to hire me uh training courses that we offer and coaching for leadership management entrepreneurism uh podcasting corporate stuff uh with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as ceo and be sure to check out chris Voss leadership institute.com now back to the show there you go so uh is it set in kind of the roaring sort of uh, that early age of uh there was like what was it the roaring 20s that were kind of in that whole genre era or so it's, it's the night it's the mid 1930s so it's 1936 okay. um so so the apollo theater is is the amateur night still a, a huge thing Mm -hmm. uh, there was like a tiny cameo from Ella Fitzgerald because oh, wow. they found out that she was playing in Harlem on the exact date that I needed to send Lena to a nightclub. So I was like, perfect. Um, so yeah, I sort of embraced that sort of era. So that sort of early Ella Fitzgerald and, and Louis Armstrong kind of kind of music. That's the sort of soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And but I guess part of the mystery is uh, her love interest. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the love interest that she met in the first book. Um, and people just loved him. His name is Will. Um, and he's her connection to Harlem. So that's where he's from. So she meets his family, his friends. Um, but of course, you know, it's a mystery. So it turns out he's got secrets of his own that he hasn't sort of told mm -hmm. her. Um, so she has to decide, like, does she trust him? Does she not? You know, there's, there's lots of question marks. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty and the beast. Uh, it, it, every, everything is revolves around the beauty and the beast story. Uh, taming the beast uh, with beauty and femininity, I suppose. Uh, it's it's interesting. So, uh, what were what were did you did you base uh, any of the characters on anyone? Uh, did you just create an amalgamation, or did you kind of just make them up as as you wanted them? I mean, for the most part, I just sort of made them up as, as they worked. Um, but I do think because I because it's sort of written in first person, like you're reading everything from Lena's point of view. Um, there's definitely some of me in, in her. Um, so quite often she does she does some stupid stuff, like she because <laughs> she just panics and then she drinks a lot and she smokes and she oh. does all of this stuff that she shouldn't really be doing. Um, and someone said to me, a reader from the first book was like, but you know, like she's not very sensible. And I, I just said, well, I, I imagined myself in a situation with all these murders happening and I didn't know what was going on and what would I do? And then I was like, well, if there's a bar there, I'm probably going to go and get a drink first and then hope it all goes away. 
So sometimes that's what Lena does. It sounds like Fridays at my house too. Yeah. Once again. Oh yeah, I was just being realistic. I was like, you know, real most of us would do this. And then afterwards you would think, actually, this is not sensible. I should probably get out of the way or, or try and figure out what's happening. Well, the other thing is too is is if you if you're gonna be sensible, you know, and logical, I mean it'd be a really short book. Where would the adventure be, right? Exactly. That's what I think. <laughs> So, um, what do you see for this character in the series you're doing? This is two of two in your uh, Canary Club mystery series. Uh, wh- what do you What do you see? Uh, do you see a future with what you're doing? Are you still working on? Are you working on our next book yet? I, we have some authors they pump out books like every three months. It seems. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about a third book. I mm-hmm. think there's lots of. I mean, each book can be read separately, but I always like to have little threads that you can sort of pick up in a next book. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, there's a best friend that she left back in London who did something terrible. Um, and that's not even talked about in the second book. So I was like, yeah. actually quite cool to sort of pick at that thread and see, see what happens with, with that. And there's quite a lot of things that Lena could do. I mean, mm-hmm. she's sort of mid twenties. She just got a passport for the first time before she came to New York. So she's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the world is her oyster. She could go anywhere and do anything potentially. So, yeah, there you, you know. Go. There you <laughs> go. It sounds like she needs to work on making better friends, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm just kidding. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's I mean, that's the beauty of the stories and the adventures. And we like to see people go on that hero's journey where they have to meander through everything, go through cathartic times. And, you know, I mean, hang out with murderers. Uh, you learn a few things or something. I don't know. Sounds like Friday's <laughs> at my house again. No, that's a, that's today's callback joke on the show. Uh, people are like, what's going on at Chris's house? Uh, you know, maybe there's a novel there. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, what what do you uh, what do you find readers really love about the character? It sounds like you've gotten some feedback, and they really loved your first book. Of course, it sold really well. Uh, what do you what do you uh, hear from your readers? It's kind of interesting how they kind of have their own take on everything, huh? Yeah. Um. Like I said, a lot of people were like, "She's just not sensible." I, I think that's that's fine. I mean, it's a fair comment. Um, I think what I've enjoyed is people seeing, um, because it's sort of a golden age mystery, like I was sort of angling for that sort of Agatha Christie sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not written in that style, just to warn anyone who who's hoping for that. Um, but it's that sort of vibe with the glamour. And um, I love those, um, like the Poirot TV shows, when he's like on the Orient Express or, you know, Death on the Nile. Um, so that's sort of the vibe that I think people have enjoyed, but also mm-hmm. having a woman of color in that situation where mm-hmm. she's sort of traveling in first class, I think it's just, I like to take things that I love, but then put my own sort of spin on it. Um, so I think some people have been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like anyone who loves a historical mystery um, has enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. There you go. And I imagine someone of mixed race, you know, there's lots of different ways you can play that and go, especially in that era of time. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun sort of researching, um, for example, the differences between attitudes in the UK compared to the US at that time and um, her sort of deciding how to present herself in different situations. So because she's traveling in first class on the Queen Mary, she basically, someone goes, oh, you you know, you look sort of Italian. And so she just sort of goes with that because it, it's easier than trying to explain or if someone has a problem. Mm-hmm. But then sort of the love interest will, the reason that I sort of created him 
was I wanted her to have an ally and someone who knew who she was that she could talk to and be honest about stuff. And so that was um, why I sort of created him because he wasn't in the original plan at all, but then it really worked. And like, a lot of readers have really loved that relationship and that aspect of that relationship. There you go. So what do you hope readers come back with uh, as they read your book and come away with And Can they read this as a standalone if they haven't read the first one or do they need to go read the first one first? I think, I, I mean, I wrote it so that it would work as a standalone. So there's very few references to the first book. Um, so the feedback I've had of early readers that haven't read the first book is that they still enjoyed this book. So I, I think that should be all good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was hard to do. It was really hard. It's the first time I've ever written a sequel of anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I decided early on it needed to, you've got to, got to fulfill that need that the reader has if they've read the first book that it they get everything they want out of it but then you also want people to be able to read it on its own they really fall in love with the character and what the character kind of does their kind of whole modus of operandi um and you know we've authors on the show they've i think there's like 50 there's like 30 or 50 books they've written about this line of characters mm. you know the tom clancy folks and stuff have been on and and uh it's just extraordinary i'm like and people just love the character once they fall in love with the character they just eat it up and you can just keep making books on it and and uh it's 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 great it's it's wonderful to have that sort of following yeah i mean it's it's just it's just so nice when you've sort of created a character that people love um it's mm -hmm. so nice that's probably the best feedback is when people are like oh you know i want another lena book or i want to see more of lena because she's really fun to write and i think for me obviously writing's a job but it's just so much easier if it's fun and i'm enjoying it <laughs> there you go and then why did you call it a canary club mystery um, to be honest, that's like a publisher thing because <laughs> they want to like be able to link. I guess it's like for linking stuff and people yeah. online. Yeah. Um, so the Canary Club is the club that Lena works at in the first book. So it's mm -hmm. like a dirty nightclub in, in uh, Soho in London and everything sort of starts from there. And she, mm -hmm. if there's a new, if there's a third book, I think I'm going to have some more mentions of that place because it's kind of, um, you know, the very first scene I wrote was in, in this place called the Canary Club. Um, so that's why it's called that, um, whether anyone <laughs> gets that or not. But yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, hopefully uh, readers love the work. Uh, is there anything you hope that they come away from when they read it? Um, I just, I mostly hope people enjoy it. Um, you know, it's supposed to be like a fun mystery. Um, but I learned so much during the research and actually my US editor was saying, I never knew this, the, the, the elevated trains in New York, for example. So I hope people like learn something new that they never knew, especially if they're New Yorkers. I'd love a New Yorker to be like, I never knew that that place existed or that thing happened. So yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, it's always a fun setting, of course, to uh, have in there uh, in that time period. It was a, the roaring 20s and 30s. It was a crazy time and sort of a romantic time, I think, when people look back on it. Although it was probably, you know, rife with all sorts of problems and issues. But it seems like that much hasn't changed since then. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, writing historical fiction it's amazing when you start doing research to see what's actually just repeating. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> One thing man can learn from his history is that man never learns from his history. Uh, so thank you very much, Louise, for coming on the show. Give us a.com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Uh, yeah. So louisehat.com.
There you go. Uh, and thank you very much for coming on. Thanks to our audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com for chess Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for chess Chris Foss, YouTube.com for chess Chris Foss, to see us on TikTok at Chris Foss One. Thanks to my audience for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's